0: So true to form, I did rewatch Susperia this morning, right before we uh, recorded. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fabulous, because the prior time that you watched it was the first time. So this yeah. is just the second time that you've seen it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've seen it three times since I watched the original first and then <laughs> the remake. They're they're very different, but I, I guess the, they start out a little bit the same. They really so. do.
1: I, I've seen the original a handful of times and I have seen the remake a handful of times. Also, I am super, super into Suspiria and controversially, maybe, um, I really love the remake. Um, I think both of them totally stand on their own. So I've, I've seen
0: both a number of times. I am so curious. What made you watch this movie? What made you watch the original? because I know you saw that one first. Yes. I
1: am a big fan of 70s horror movies, and I knew that Suspiria was a classic. Like every time you look at, you know, classic horror movie lists, I feel like Suspiria is somewhere in the top 10. Uh, And so I was really intrigued by the idea of this Italian director making an ostensibly German-based movie um, and had heard that Dario Argento is so well known for his really distinctive style. And so I looked it up
0: one day and watched it, and I just loved how weird it was. It is weird. It's it's stylistically, like, very superior, I think, to the remake. It's It's really cool to look at.
1: Oh, definitely. I feel like the original is so strong on its style. Like you cannot beat it in terms of style. It is unlike a- like anything else. Um, the plot of the original is a little tenuous. Um, I do feel like sometimes it's going more for that like vibe or feeling or tone more so than having like a very um explicit or clear plot, I guess. (laughs) But I just love to look at it.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. Um, I did rewatch the very end of the original this morning, just to just to refresh myself there. And you get some really great uh, compositions, just it's visually really beautiful to look at because he he does these really nice things with the lighting where the character will be backlit with like some really bright color, mm-hmm. but then they have this halo effect, maybe, or like there's a a foreground color that's like a the complementary color it's totally opposite, and mm-hmm. it's just very jarring and and it helps bring you in visually to the chaos that they're kind of feeling inside right the anxiety and it's really beautiful to look at, weird as it is. <sighs> I'm obsessed. With, I
1: know, right? I'm obsessed with the interior design of the original. I mean, the wallpaper is just crazy. Bonkers. Yeah, it's it's so much. It's garish and vibrant and there's all of the colors and then the music is really intense and bizarre also throughout the movie.
0: Yeah, the music was by Goblin, which was this like metal band uh back in the day like progressive rock type band and um I hadn't really ever heard of them but I was like oh this music is really cool like I think this band did such a good job with the soundtrack they've also uh scored Dawn of the Dead oh interesting yeah I had
1: not um heard of them either I mean of course whenever we do these movies we always deep dive into them a little bit I more learn something new I know right and I I like how in the original there's the ominous whispers kind of throughout. It just tries to really give you that unsettled feeling from
0: the jump that something is amiss in this dance academy. And the remake pays a good homage, I think, to the original as far as style goes. You get some of that stark red lighting. You get some of that creepy music. Uh, you get tom york doing the music which was pretty cool very uh, like a modern creep fest um Mm -hmm. he's so good yeah i i really uh it wasn't it wasn't quite there with the remake but you could tell that they were paying tribute to the original right it is
1: not a frame for frame remake which i think if um luca Guaranino had tried that, it would have just failed spectacularly. Um, but it is yeah, it, it seems like it really cares about the original enough to try and keep some of the elements while building out the plot in a way that I think is maybe more cohesive to modern audiences, while dialing up some of the plot elements that I think are actually missing from the original. Which feels like kind of sacrilegious to say, but I do feel like <laughs> The fact that this takes place at a dance academy and the original has like
0: so little to do about the actual dancing is is pretty funny. I think we only see one dance sequence in the original and it's her, her tryout, right? Yes. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. And then they just totally move away from it. And so it's
1: like, well, at that point it could be a theater academy or right. any kind of creative arts academy, right? Whereas the remake really leans into the dance as an integral part of the occult happenings and yeah I think that that I think it just pays off so well because it actually makes you invested in like why would this coven have a dance academy like what are they doing with this academy and like how does it play into the plot so I think that that's where it just totally like works for me in the remake
0: yeah, and Dakota Johnson was the main uh, actress in the remake, and uh, I, you know, I was watching her dance. And I was like, "Is it is she good or is she bad?" I can't tell. You know, I always assume, <laughs> <laughs> I always assume that these people who are just actors and not dancers are m- messing something up. You know, it it makes sense. They haven't had the same training. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me, but um, I wanted to look it up because I I don't. I don't think highly or particularly lowly of Dakota uh, Johnson, but whatever. So anyways, um, I know I'm like, "Eh, she seems okay, but (laughs) the dancing was apparently not that bad. There was an article with her in Dance Magazine, and I was like, okay, well, if Dance Magazine is singing her praises, then she must have done a good good job. I
1: think that the update of it being a – contemporary or modern dance studio versus the original which is ballet probably went a long way to helping out Dakota Johnson I remember when Black Swan came out people just really relished tearing apart Natalie Portman for not being a good ballet dancer and so I think that there's like a little bit more leeway when it's like modern or contemporary dance versus like how rigid
0: ballet is for sure, you can get away with a lot more.
1: <laughs> I and I think that the remake. Uh, I mean, the original has some great actors too, but the remake's got uh, Dakota Johnson, as you mentioned, but also T- Tilda Swinton, who's I feel like really given it her all in this. She plays three roles. Yeah, she's such yes. a nut. <laughs> I I think that her playing three roles. At first, it seemed a little like unnecessary but as I was thinking about it for this um discussion that we were going to have it made me realize that this film is extremely female oriented like the Mm -hmm. original is as well there's a few male characters um but in the remake there's only one male character and he's played by Tilda Swinton and so every role is actually played by a woman in the remake
0: Except for the two cops who do get dick-shamed, and that's pretty oh, funny. Oh, sure. That's that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> pretty good, though. I'm pretty glad that they were there for that. <laughs> well, do you think there is a summary we could give that would apply to both, uh, leaving the endings a bit more ambiguous? <laughs> yes. So
1: to summarize both movies, Suspiria is about... A young woman, Susie Bannon, who is going to a dance academy in Berlin, Germany, where there has been uh, some mysterious happenings with some of the other female students um, where they have um, disappeared. And there seems to be some kind of political ongoings with the leadership of the dance academy between uh, Madame Marcos and Madame Blanc. And that's really the the driver of this um very occult, very witchy plot, although they they do,
0: as Megan said, have some differences in their endings. They also have this difference that I caught in the beginning only because I felt like turning on the subtitles, <laughs> which I don't usually do. Mm-hmm. but um, Susie's name is spelled differently in each movie. Did you catch that? Oh, I don't think I did. I don't think I watched the
1: I wa- I watched the remake with subtitles, um, but not the original.
0: Yeah, the original is S U S I E and the remake is S U Z Y. Isn't oh, that funny?
1: S U Z Y. How interesting.
0: <laughs> I have it written both ways in like all of my notes all over, but I did write that down. I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. Why I wonder why they chose to update the spelling." I know. At least for the subtitles.
1: (laughs) Right. I know. It's so interesting. Um, So we, um, as mentioned, are covering both movies. We've got Suspiria from 1977, directed by the completely iconic Dario Argento. uh, And then the 2018 remake, which was uh, directed by Luca Guadagnino. Um, That's maybe how you say his name. (laughs) As you can... (laughs) As you can imagine, the original has a better Rotten Tomatoes score than the remake, but the original, I was surprised to see, has a 93%, which is so high.
0: Very high. I think- it, I was a little surprised by that.
1: I think it's because people are currently rating it with a knowing that it's already established as a classic.
0: hmm mm-hmm.
1: And then the remake, of course, um, actually for a horror movie, um, rated pretty well, 65%.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I liked it. I I genuinely enjoyed watching it. I was surprised how poorly um, the remake
1: did at the box office, since it only grossed seven point seven million. That's pretty pretty bleak. the bu- The budget was twenty million, so it was a loss for them.
0: Yeah, it can borrow from the uh, gross of the original, which was almost one and a half billion euros. <laughs>
1: I when I saw that it was billion and not million, I was like, "How? What?" <laughs> and that was just in Italy. Like, how? I mean, I just—that's insane. I mean, Italians over the last what, the mafia. like, forty to fifty years have just been going to Suspiria <laughs> every summer break. I guess
0: <laughs> it's their movie, just like K two is their mountain.
1: I want to talk about the deaths and. I do want to call out that in the original, surprisingly, there is, like, way more death than in the remake.
0: Yeah. I mean, I want to say that each movie probably kills the same amount of people based on the endings. But it seems like, it felt like to me that the remake had, like, a more concentrated death section where the original was a little more spread, evenly spread. Yes, (laughs) Based, yes, <laughs> we'll I,
1: I, I agree. I think that you get death like from the beginning through the end of the 77 version, whereas the 2018 version, it's like a big death fest right at the end there during their Sabbath.
0: Yeah, they each do start with a soggy girl. There's like this poor girl caught in a rainstorm that we know gets it. I know, Pat, Patricia, she
1: is um in the original It's just absolutely dumping down rain. It's crazy. (laughs) It's horrible. And we follow Pat in the original as she, you know, she's getting kicked out. There seems to be some kind of conflict, but we don't totally know what's going on. And she makes her way to a friend's apartment and it just like, it falls apart. There's like nothing good for
0: Pat in the original. Pat in the remake, we see her kind of losing her mind a little bit, going to talk to this, this doctor that's played by Tilda Swinton. And um, then she stops being in the movie. But we do find out later that she's basically dead. Mm-hmm. Basically, Be-
1: basically dead. Whereas we get ooh, some of this like initial style. Yes. At the friend's house where there is this like, incredible stained glass skylight. You know, she pat very mysteriously gets stabbed repeatedly and then falls through this stained glass window and then hung, it, like she just like keeps getting it doesn't
0: It doesn't stop they're like <laughs> they're like it, just in case you missed it um here she is she's she's dead still and still getting it uh let's now hang her body from the rafters let's yeah she's she's dead we yeah get it. And- somebody did not want her to leave <laughs>
1: Oh, and it's got this like fabulous 70s blood effect which is just like the most vibrant Kool-Aid red you can imagine it's
0: so, i i like love it i love 70s blood <laughs> it's so funny it looks like somebody just like spills a can of paint it's so thick yeah and it's
1: like <laughs> pouring down her body and like it just, it looks so fake but i i love the the whole style of it um and her friend also gets it
0: yeah, her nameless friend. Do we even know who that person is? I don't think we ever learned no, who this person
1: is. I don't think. I mean, I just think of it as like the ho- like her host friend. Like, Yeah.
0: And she gets, you know, some of that stained glass like through her face. Nobody helps her. So they're definitely not going to help the uh, soggy girl outside who wants to leave. I'm sorry, who wants to come into this place, who is Susie, right? She's soggy girl number two. Basically, right when she shows up
1: yeah so you get Susie who it's such no a one will let her inside yeah no one will <laughs> let her in and I it just seems so unusual and I feel so bad for her because when she does make it back to the academy the next day they're like oh we expected you yesterday but also we don't have a room <laughs> ready for you and so you're going to have to live outside of the academy until we
0: have a room ready Oh, yes, can we talk about this for a second these This difference between these two movies like the the seventies version seemed like she was getting caught up in some sort of pyramid scheme. I thought yes,
1: yes, yes the, the they keep money. like nickel
0: and diming her for things. It's so weird It's really weird where
1: they're telling her like, oh yeah, you can um." we don't have a room for you here, but you can pay this other girl a <laughs> weekly rent to stay at her place. And then we'll deduct that from your fees. But also we're going to need you to pay for borrowing a leotard. And she like, there's all this complicated money stuff going on. Very
0: weird. Yeah. And I, that's what I thought it was going to turn into. I was very scared for this poor girl. <laughs> I mean, it, it didn't end well either, but uh, the second the the remake everyone was very nice to her i was it was a very mid somar type cult yes uh, feeling yes yeah.
1: yeah the original i think is really going for that unnerving feeling where it's like nothing ever feels like it's quite right like all of these things that should be really noticeable red flags but she's so
0: into this academy that she's just willing to ignore them. She's stuck also. I mean, she doesn't know anybody. She's kind of desperate. It's pouring rain outside. Yeah. She can't really get home.
1: I wonder if it's because modern audiences are really trained to look for red flags. And we're, Probably. And we're really, we've been taught for so long that Especially as a woman, if you have red flags in your living situation, the people that you're dealing with, you just need to hightail it out of there. And so now we're seeing the pendulum swing in the other direction where we have these horror movies like the Suspiria remake and Midsommar where these places are really going above and beyond to avoid red flags. They're like, oh, we're welcoming and we love you and we would never change anything about you or do anything to hurt you. Yeah,
0: they're focused on growth. Yeah, not it's stabilization. like stabilization. Right, it's gro- it's very like a Because kind of they grooming. kill their members. <laughs> right,
1: it's very like a gro- a grooming kind of thing where it's like, "Oh, we can in, in the in the remake, um, she's this sheltered Midwestern American girl in the big city of the Berlin Dance Academy. She's Amish. Yeah. Amish and she is somehow immediately their greatest
0: dancer. <laughs> Like, no way. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely think she got her bearings during her little rumspringa, her little uh, trip away from from her Amish family to go explore the rest of the world. Which really primes her, honestly, for joining this kind of cult, which I think is a cool thing to add in to her character. Right.
1: It's like going from one kind of oppressive community to another and her... Mother in her Amish community is dying, but also not very supportive and so when she go when she goes to the academy and meets you know Madame Blanc um, played by Tilda Swinton, who is this very like powerful matriarch figure who is very tough love about things where she's she's stern but then will like reward her greatly by giving her the lead in the dance performance, it's Yeah, there's all of these parallels between like the restrictive communities and these mother figures and um, kind of the relationships and and power dynamics between the two.
0: Yeah, and they call the head witch mother also. Yes, yeah. Very matriarchal, yeah. She has some weird nightmares of her her Amish life too. I mean, we might come back to this later, but. She has like this first nightmare of like her hand being burnt with an iron mm-hmm. she's cutting herself, she's like covered in like intestines. I mean, mm-hmm. are these dreams you think the the witches sent her? maybe yeah, I' um, the ending
1: yeah i I could see it as either being dreams that they specifically sent her thinking of the original too, where um they're literally like drugging her and sending her dreams in the original I think that that I could definitely buy it for the remake that they're purposely sending her these dreams and I wonder if it's just to kind of test to see how strong she is and if she's not strong to see if maybe it'll break her down a little bit
0: yeah I was wondering if it was supposed to be sort of like a beacon like because she comes in the end you know giving away the ending a little early but she's like I am mother." Mm -hmm. Uh, you know she's she knew what she was coming here for so was she always intended to be the new mother Mm -hmm. to the to this coven I, I assumed it was some sort of beacon but it wasn't really clear I was curious what you thought yeah it's a really good point and I don't think I've thought of it in
1: the terms of it being a beacon but maybe her Susie as a vessel that was just primed and and so mm-hmm. open and willing to be part of this because it seems like she she is so married to the idea of, of being a part of this academy that, yeah, maybe she's just a, a vessel that this coven and these, like, spirits are like, oh, we can definitely use this and we're going to be drawn to this. Yeah, a little like Thomason in The Witch. Yes, totally. just like a a person who's in like a time of of change and who's ready for this kind of big change,
0: yeah, well, this sort of this uh her being granted in the remake anyway, her being granted uh the lead role ends up leading to the next death, <laughs> like immediately <laughs> in the movie. It's awful. it's really hard to
1: watch, and it's so dark,
0: but at the same I hate it. at yeah. the same
1: time, I love it because I think it's really. darkly beautiful um because Susie is dancing and it's kind of like their first trial of her I mean unknowingly um with Madame Blanc um trialing her
0: like ritualistic dancing yeah it this I thought this scene was so cool because it really locks in that the ritual is the dance. That's why it's mm-hmm. a dance studio. Mm-hmm. Susie is performing this lead role dance that uh, nobody else wants to do because it's a fucking ritual <laughs> and it, it doesn't it doesn't feel good when you do it apparently, and it doesn't feel good to Olga because basically this dance results in her body being contorted into. Shapes it shouldn't. Mm -hmm. uh, Shapes it it couldn't normally do. And uh, Olga just is not allowed to leave. She has like a, she wants to leave this place because she gets that it's bad. And nope. Instead, she gets uh, ritualed.
1: The dance
0: movements, I was trying to, to piece
1: how Susie's dancing manifests in Olga's body. And it feels like, Susie is like like her movements are being inverted and transferred through Olga's body so as Susie is like moving her arm like forward and up it's like taking Olga's other arm and moving it like back and behind like it's like having this really interesting effect where what she's doing is um mutilating and like Pull, like almost like pulling apart her body as like an external and internal force and it's just so powerful and it's and, and I mean you can tell that Madame Blanc is like uh, um in awe almost of how e- effective Susie is like without even knowing
0: what she's doing. Yeah and you at some part at some parts in the dance you see like Olga's skin, it looks like something's trying to break out of her ribs or mm-hmm. out of her arms, something that shouldn't be there. She looks bruised. She's having a hard time breathing. And at one point, this was awful. I i had a pretty strong reaction to this. <laughs> but um, she's twisted up so badly in a position that she pisses herself. And I was trying to imagine being in so much pain that I couldn't even contain my bowels and it freaked me out I feel so bad for Olga in this scene and that's the thing that
1: I find like incredible about this remake is that it's so visceral like it's it's not unnerving in the same way that the entirety of the original is but I do feel like the death scenes or or just like kind of violence we get from the remake is really like, yeah, it's cringy and really hard to watch.
0: Yeah, and then the way what's cool of what they do with the remake that I like is there's usually some sort of formation or um, allusion to like webs in the death, mm-hmm. and so the way o- Olga's twisted up, it it kind of starts to resemble those dance patterns those choreography patterns Mm -hmm. and and each death sort of does that a little bit more which I thought was kind of neat definitely I think the next death in the original is the piano player right yes that's right he
1: is uh the blind man with his seeing eye dog no who
0: apparently attacked somebody (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm shaking my head because it's so ridiculous what oh, okay. they do to him. <laughs> I, w-
1: I was like, wait,
0: am I uh, misremembering? Okay. So,
1: yeah, um, they they say that the dog apparently attacked someone. And so the, you know, the coven matrons, you know, tell him, like, you got to get your dog under control. But it seems like they're they're, like, channeling something through this dog. Hmm i see yeah i think that the original has a lot more occult symbolism than the this remake does true. and so yeah. i I think that there's more of an emphasis on like um turning animals against people so like turning this dog onto its, like, this dog is so sweet. And then they, like, turn it onto his owner where it just, like, randomly attacks him in this square
0: and, like, rips his throat out. I wrote down dog puppet and strawberry jelly. And I was, it took me a (laughs) minute to understand what I was writing down. And that's, it's basically just what it looked like.
1: (laughs) It looked. I swear the the dog acting is so bad because like it looks like the dog is really like enjoying what he's eating, but like, but yeah, like he's eating like jelly or something. Not, but like, in a
0: friendly way. Yeah,
1: not he's yeah, like, like he's <laughs> viciously eating someone's throat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like he's just sitting there it looks like he's just eating food and then they like dub it with all this snarling and <laughs> snapping and stuff but yeah i forgot about that like i i, don't, I think dogs and witches are are natural born enemies right <laughs> yeah i think that there's
1: like the the dog thing and there's also um yeah i feel like that they are trying to layer in like the the occult feelings with like the maggots um you know, around this time, like a little bit before this scene in the movie too, in the original. Plus, also there's a, a bat later in the movie, so there's just like, yeah, all of these kind of elements of like, ooh, these, these symbols are associated with witches and devils and things. Uh, whereas the the remake doesn't bother with animals.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the uh the blind man, what does he get killed by? Isn't it like a gargoyle, flies off of some old i don't know it like it looks like roman or italian architecture it took me so long to figure out that this movie was set in germany
1: <laughs> so funny this movie is set in germany but it was filmed in rome so you are right yeah. okay good <laughs> the remake is set in germany and i believe filmed in germany or eastern yeah. eastern europe at least so it does feel a touch more authentic <laughs>
0: It doesn't feel like they flew in a bunch of German ballet teachers to Italy (laughs) to teach (laughs) ballet. And all these random people with, like, Italian accents.
1: Who gets it next? Well, in the original, Susie has a roommate, Sarah, who is very tuned into the fact that there is something suspicious going on. So there's a, a good part of the movie where it's just, you know... Susie at the Dance Academy and like interacting with her co-students, her colleagues. Um, Whereas Sarah is like, wow, they're making you drink a very large glass of wine every night, Susie. That's a little weird. And also... And only you. And only you. But also like, do you hear the footsteps that are happening at night? Like, so Sarah, because she's savvy and suspicious, um, she of course is going to get it next. So she is trying to find where these mysterious footsteps she's hearing every night are leading to. And that's where she um, is kind of like getting into the bowels of the the academy, trying to find this inner sanctum. And she (laughs) falls into a trap that is so saw-like. Isn't it
0: so funny? I wrote down falls into jigsaw trap.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because it is like, yeah, yeah, oh, man, it's so funny going back and watching original horror movies and then realizing the influence it has had on other movies later, right? Because she falls into a pit of razor wire.
0: <laughs> yes, I was like, <laughs> the original jigsaw trap right here, it wasn't even original. It's so good, yes. it's so easy. You just buy a bunch of razor wire and toss it in a pit and you're done. Yeah. uh,
1: That was also hard to watch. That was maybe one of the harder things to watch in the original.
0: Yeah. But I, I loved the leading up to the jigsaw trap. She pulls, like, an ash from Alien and just, like, flails around and destroys every mirror on her way out. Like, it's so fucking funny. I love it when that happens in movies and shows. Right. She's just, like, flailing around. (laughs) I I love, like, the pandemonium of somebody just breaking everything in their path on their way somewhere.
1: And it would have been so loud. It would have been so loud. Like, everyone would have heard. I mean, she's, like, asleep, like, in her room at night and hearing, like... Like, faint little footsteps, and then we're supposed to believe that she's like flailing around, <laughs> breaking every mirror, <laughs> and no one wakes up or hears, hears no her. <laughs> one
0: hears her. Yeah, she gets defeated by the shoehorn, poor thing. But Sarah also dies next, I think, in the remake, uh, played by Mia Goth. I call this her death scene. You know, she falls in that pit because she's she's also sneaking around and mm-hmm. watching the watching the teachers mm-hmm. um, be weird be weird witches and she goes into that weird i don't know ghosty room with like not spider webs but like they look like spider webs all over the place and um all the missing girls are in there right right yeah yeah and on the way she you know she finds uh chloe grace moretz who was our our soggy girl from the beginning Mm -hmm. and on her way out she falls in some sort of booby trap breaks her knee breaks her leg remember her her bone juts out it's so gross gross. yeah yeah and the witches save her but she's essentially dead at that point right yeah we uh, I I don't want to jump too far into our
1: deaths but yeah no with with the remake (laughs) it's interesting how we are accruing like quote-unquote deaths as the movie goes but then we we end up seeing these girls again later. So it yeah, it it is um it is tough, but I I like that the <laughs> because of course they're a coven of witches, so they're going to booby trap their coven, but it's so physically booby trapped. It's not like they're using like spells or witchcraft. It's like very physical.
0: I was very caught off guard when she fell. I, <laughs> you know, I was like, "Oh, I wasn't expecting this side uh, <laughs> sort of thing happening <laughs> in yeah. this movie."
1: In the remake, we get another little bonus death that is not in the original, and that is uh, Miss Griffith, who is, before Susie gets there, the, the lead dancer in Volk, she commits suicide with a utensil of some kind uh, after, <laughs> after all the matrons decide that they're going to use Susie as a host body
0: for Madame Marcos. She grabs it off the table and just juts it into her neck. And all the witches are, like, freaking out. They're like, what the fuck? (laughs) And they don't know what to do. I wrote down sad girl with glasses. I I couldn't remember her name, but it was really funny. I was trying – I was struggling the first half of this movie just to figure out, like, what is her deal? Like, why is she so sad? And I I originally thought, you know – she must be feeling bad. Like she must know this is a bad place and doesn't want to do this anymore. Right. But like, I don't understand why she's here, but that's, that was my take. But I thought you had a a more interesting um, theory on that. That made more sense. I think that she
1: expected to be the lead dancer and that whoever was going to be the lead dancer was going to ultimately be the host body for Marcos And once she senses or that there is a decision made between the matrons to actually replace her with Susie or to use Susie as the host body for Marcos, um, that's when Griffith decides
0: to kill herself because she's no longer the lead, no longer going to be the vessel. I think I'm going to stick with your theory because that sounds better. (laughs) Sounds smarter anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But. I mean, that's pretty much, those are the deaths until we get to the big finale death. Um, we we do get a dead bat. This this bat gets a pretty brutal death. I think she stomps on it in the mm-hmm. original. <laughs> it's a bummer.
1: Yes, it's, it's interesting how the endings are so different. And our theme for this season is rituals. And the original 1977 version, we don't really get, To the ritual, we we hear about some of the plans. We get a sense that there is something that is kind of coalescing around Marcos and the mystery around Madame Marcos. But in the 2018 version, the ritual of the witches' Sabbath is a big, big, big ending
0: set piece. Like it is, like the crux of the movie. It's so cool. They they do an actual dance number. Uh, before they do the final ritual. And I I, I thought that the dance number was going to be it. Um, I was so mm-hmm. glad that we got to see them dance because it was really, really cool dancing. Um, but that wasn't where it ended. Mm-hmm. You know, they keep dancing all night. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the dance. And, and, you
1: know, they're performing it for people. The dance is so beautiful. It's really choreographed quite well I think the costuming is really cool um they're wearing it's more of that spider web yeah motif. they're wearing yeah these, like kind of webbed red over pieces over kind of like nude underwear it just it's very um it's very cool to watch um and yes as as we go you think that that dance is going to be it but it seems like it's just kind of gearing up for the actual soul transfer ritual where there is continued dancing in the inner sanctum where the coven and all of the dancers are all coming together
0: yeah and the the dance number reminds me so much of the oa the that um ritual that they perform in the oa to travel i guess to death and back right isn't Mm -hmm. that sort of how they use it or to to another dimension, and uh, it's it's a lot of breathing, a lot of really sharp movements. It's it's not grace. I well, the the movements are graceful, but like I don't know, sharp. It's very they're, they're physical. aggressive. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: powerful. Like it feels like it's not delicate. Whereas I'm I'm so glad that they did this kind of contemporary dance rather mm-hmm. than ballet, which there's a lot of strength in ballet, but the delicacy of of ballet is such a core piece of that and the original of course is a ballet studio whereas you know this one it's like it feels pagan it feels mm-hmm. like they're trying to like I don't know use their bodies in this space and it's so physical like I just ca- keep coming back to the word physical like whenever I think about it
0: it is yeah and we get down to where the final ritual is being performed and there is so much cackle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) so many witches. If you didn't
1: think that there were witches before, the cackling will definitely let you know (laughs) that they are here. And all of our missing girls are down here um, who we thought died earlier. If they weren't dead before, they certainly are now. They got their guts hanging out.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And we have... Susie's roommate I always forget her name Sarah Uh, Mia Goth yeah Sarah Sarah. thanks Mm -hmm. Sarah and uh, uh, Chloe in the middle yeah they have like these like dead fish eyes so they're pretty much dead yeah but they're just hanging out in the center and all these like witches all the all the I don't know, dance teacher witches. They're covered in all of this hair that they've stolen from all the girls.
1: Yes. Oh, it's so, so weird. Gross. I know. It's so <laughs> weird. Uh, you mentioned earlier uh, Susie's dream where she's kind of covered in like, you know, viscera and guts and stuff. I wonder if that's a foreshadowing or a premonition of what she's seeing here um, with her friends disemboweled.
0: I'm sure. Yeah. So what is the goal of this ritual I think the goal of the ritual is to keep mother either keep mother alive or like you said transfer her to another body right yeah I mean it's it's all about keeping this disgusting old woman going (laughs) Marcos
1: yeah there's (laughs) really there's like this kind of political intrigue over who is going to be the leader of the coven throughout the movie like They even have a vote at one point over who is supporting who to be the new mother, whether it's going to be Marcos or Blanc, both of whom are played by Tilda Swinton, which I think is brilliant because it's basically saying like, just like in modern politics Mm -hmm. in the United States. There's no differences between the two political parties. It's
0: only superficial. <laughs> <laughs> very deep, very deep. <laughs> but Tilda, Tilda as, I want to say Tilda as Tilda. <laughs> Tilda as Blanc doesn't make it. You know, she, she butts heads with this old woman and uh, she doesn't make it. She actually gets this cool scene with like her neck spurting out blood and again it looks like webs and those costumes that the girls mm-hmm. are wearing very cool, very mm-hmm. cool imagery here. Um and I think I think if she had lived this ritual wouldn't have happened. She was kind of against it at the end. Like she could tell something was wrong. She's trying to figure out what was wrong. Yes, and I think it's because they are doing
1: the ritual to Ideally, take Marcos's soul and put her into Susie. But when the ritual actually goes through, it's not Marcos or Blanc in Susie. It is one of the OG mothers, Mother (laughs)
0: Superiorum, who ends up inside of Susie's body. Yeah, and she looks like the Crypt Keeper. It's really gross. She comes up through like the floorboards and mm-hmm. is basically the angel of death to all of the witches who don't vote for, who voted against, um, or I'm sorry, not who voted against anything, but who voted for Mother Marcos. Uh, yeah. Marcos, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Marcos and all of the matrons
1: who are on Marcos's side get it. So this is where we have like our big, insane death. This is where a lot of the death like happens is during this final ritual, um, where you know death is befalling this coven, and just a ton of people die. Except yeah, for Susie. and
0: yeah, not Susie, and Susie continues. Uh, it's 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 a really kind of sweet scene. I, I wasn't quite sure what to make of it, but um. I was like, Susie is the, is the witch these uh, girls all needed. She goes to the center where these half-dead girls are hanging out. And she's like, what do you want? And they're like, death. <laughs> Please kill us. <laughs> and she does it for them. And I was <laughs> like, oh, this is nice. And, you know, Tom York is playing some, some cool uh, radio ish music mm-hmm. that's kind of soothing and kind of sad. And that's kind of how the end of this movie felt, this ritual. <sighs> yes. How how effective do you think the ritual was? Hmm. That's a good question because we really our follow up is very weird. Our follow up is very weird. I I have to imagine that it worked. Mm-hmm. You know, Susie is Susie becomes the mother, and mm-hmm. she goes and visits the doctor and tells the doctor the truth about his his wife, which is very sad.
1: Yeah, so su- Mother Superiorum via Susie seems like she genuinely cares for the people involved in this. So that's a it's an interesting twist with this, where whereas Marcos and Blanc they seem more concerned with just being in charge of the yeah. academy, more so than taking care of the girls or doing what the girls need, or the doctor Kemper, uh, Klemper or whatever his name is and i liked the tie in to um to germany here and telling him that his wife was uh unfortunately killed at a concentration camp it's very sad yeah yeah
0: and i and i mean i i want to say that it was su- it was a successful ritual because she became who she became and i mean she seemed to be somebody who could carry on the coven without calling too much attention to herself once, once that ritual is over. And I, Mm -hmm. I would imagine that's sort of the goal. I mean, to keep, to keep the, keep the dream alive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I thought that, that the ritual was
1: effective, but also not effective because the original (laughs) brief or goal of the ritual was to transfer Marcos's soul and it got totally mm, That's true. It, it got totally superseded by Mother Superiorum, who was like, Nope, I'm gonna soul block you <laughs> and just <laughs> take over here. But like obviously, yes, it's effective because they did a real soul transfer. Like it was very occult. <laughs> just the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, just the wrong one. Um, and the fact that we actually got a ritual here and that we pulled in, um, You know, Mother Superiorum is something that when Dario Argento was researching the original and really drafting the plot for the original Suspiria was he did some very deep dives into covens and how they're organized and what it looks like when there is a a trio of kind of master witches who are like a main power source. and. It didn't come through in the plot of Suspiria, but was something that in future movies that Argento did in his career, he actually kept kind of going back to that theme. So he has like two or three movies after Suspiria that
0: keep going back to this concept of like European witch covens. Hmm. That's really cool. And I think I should spend more time watching a couple of his films because I'm really only familiar with American witch lore, which I guess makes sense, but... That those have been the types of witch movies that I've watched. And I wonder how different it is. I
1: think it's really interesting because he, in interviews, he gets asked about the occult. And he's like, you know, I don't think it's something to joke about because I think that the occult is real. Like, oh, (laughs) yeah. And he is really into this idea of like this triangulation in Europe of like witch covens where it was like in what was it like italy france and like germany or something like major witch covens and that like at the center of that triangle was like where the power source is like he's got like all this stuff that he got way deep into and ends up coming out in his various works and i think the remake like pays homage to that like in the original they don't talk about mother superiorum or the other two mothers Mm-mm. um but that concept is from Argento. And so the remake actually kind of pulls in his research to round out the plot.
0: I think we can say that the ritual in the original was not a success because the entire school burns down. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh, everyone dies at the
0: end. Like, <laughs> like even just the normal students die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't see anyone escape. <laughs> so that one was pretty bad.
1: I mean, we don't get to the... The full ritual, of course, because Susie d- discovers where they're hiding Madame Marcos um, and Madame Marcos does this like invisibility trick. And so Susie's fighting against this invisible Madame Marcos and um that's where you get that cool kind of like foreground, background like effect mm-hmm. too. Cause I mean, I think that there's like lightning at one point or something, and
0: that's where she sees her form illuminated. Yes. Kind of yeah. gives it away. Mm-hmm. She also gets to see her her roommate come out of the closet with pins
1: in her eyes. That that's it was right. so gross. <laughs> yeah, that was harsh. I know. There's so much that's just kind of
0: like gross and unnerving in the original. <laughs> it is it is a pretty gross. Uh, it has some really gross effects in it, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. So not as effective in the original um, because <laughs> they don't really
0: get to it, and everybody
1: dies. Um, <laughs> but um, I think that the the
0: twenty eighteen remake, I think, more than makes up for it. I do too. It was super cool. Super cool to watch the the ending ritual. So what did you what did you think of these movies? Well, I had never heard of Suspiria until the Amazon one came out, so I didn't really know what to make of it. Um, I was a little surprised when it said it was a dance movie. Dance movies tend to just be weird. Like, the lifestyle, I think, surrounding dancers is harrowing. (laughs) It's a lot of hard work. (laughs) I mean, it's rife for a horror script, and I always thought Black Swan was a little bit of horror. You know, oh, it just definitely. Seems, yeah, it's psychologically hor horror- horrific. Um, so I thought this was a cool, a cool um take on on dance. I would have never thought to pair dance with horror, but it makes so much sense now that I've seen it. I honestly liked the remake better. I think I really liked how the dance tied into the ritual itself Mm -hmm. and how much of the dancing we actually got to see. I totally get
1: that. I think I like the original better. Um, I, I saw it first, um, and I had seen it before the remake had come out. Um, and so I just have that fondness in my heart for the style of it, I just there's nothing like it. It's so classic. But I I really really recommend people to watch both and because I think that both of them complement each other so well. You get that beautiful weird style of the original and then you get I feel like a really holistic like execution of Argento's vision of the plot in the remake. And I think that the remake doesn't get enough credit for how like spiritually true it is to the original, just because the style is so different.
0: Yeah, this is one of those cases where I definitely think it's worth watching both. Mm-hmm. Oh, they for both sure. both have something different to offer. And if you were a fan of the original, you're not going to hate the remake. You're not going to feel like it's hurting your original you're just yeah I I really feel like you're gonna enjoy both takes on this bizarre concept yeah yeah definitely
1: I think that as you said the dance fits in really well in the remake um that kind of psychological horror of of dance studios right (laughs) of having to throw yourself in like emotionally and physically into something um and then the original just has um so much of that like beautiful late 70s like italian filmmaking is, is just really fun. So, yeah, definitely watch both. Um watch one or the other, sure, but I think that when you watch both, especially in a pretty short time frame together, it it
0: complements each other so well. Yeah, and while you're at it, you should uh I, you know, we've we've posted a link to, um, some dance techniques that are beginner level, uh, sort of from the same type of school of thought about dance. Uh, give it, give it a shot. And, uh, If you're filling up to it, share your pictures with us on Instagram. (laughs) Yes,
1: please. I would love that. And I am definitely going to try it out myself because I want to see if I can channel some good witch occult energy through the physical form.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Catch you guys next week. See ya. This was not quite dead.
1: Check out our other episodes
0: wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at NotQuiteDeadPodcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog
1: for bonus content at NotQuiteDeadPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And happy watching.